What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Jesus 
I'm so excited about the word that I feel the Lord has put on my heart for this night because I believe we're in a transitional season as the body of Christ. I believe that we're on the verge of seeing God do some unbelievably amazing things. And with just a little bit of effort from the body of Christ, we can step into things that we've only ever dreamed about. A lot of times we don't realize that the transition between what we've seen in our spirit and what we're seeing with our eyes is not necessarily that far. It just takes going the extra mile. Somebody said the other day at work, they said, one thing you've always got to remember is there's not as much traffic on the extra mile. And I said, man, that will absolutely preach. And so I feel like the Lord has given me a word tonight that's going to push us into the extra mile and help us step into what God has for us. Are you ready for it? Yes. Come on, let's try that again. Are you ready for it? Yes. Turn to your neighbor say, get ready. Yes. Turn to your neighbor again say, get ready. Yes. Turn to your other neighbor say, neighbor, yes. never, forget. never forget. And always remember, always. I chose you last. Some of y'all some of y'all are way too excited about that. Heal them, Jesus. I want to talk to you tonight on the subject. And really, my sermon title is less of a title and more of a declaration. But I want to talk to you on the subject. It's in you. Now push. Can you say that with me? Say, it's in you. Say, it's in me. Now push. Judges chapter 16, verses 28 through 30. I'm reading in the New King James Version. It says, Then Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines from my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple, and he braced himself against them one on his right and the other on his left. 
Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed. Everybody say pushed. Say it again like you're proud. Say pushed. And he pushed with all his might. And the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. That scripture alone speaks volumes and will preach volumes. Especially considering the day and times that we are living in now. I believe that we are living in a day of conformity. It's evident if you turn on your TV for any longer than five seconds. We are living in a day and in a time that says we need to conform to the cultural norms, the society thinking patterns, the paradigms of today. We're living in a day of conformity. We're living in a day where there's mass confusion. There's distortion. There's distraction. We're living in a day when the enemy is doing all that he can to distract the world from what it is that God is getting ready to do in the earth. It's a day of conformity. But I love what the Bible says. It says, be not conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The promise to the believer to the Christian is that we do not have to conform, but we can be transformed. If any man or any woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So even though we are living in a day of conformity, we do not have to conform. We can transform. And that's not just an internal singular transformation. We can see everything around us be transformed. See, here's the thing about transformation. Transformation supersedes confirmation when we decide to push past the norms and push into God's plan. I think sometimes we are so much closer to what God has for us than we realize. I think sometimes we're one step away from stepping into what God has put on our hearts, but we don't even really realize it. And what's hard sometimes, and a lot of you know this, I know this, is that when we're in those seasons of getting ready to step into what God has for us, the easiest thing to do is to conform to what feels easy, to what feels normal, to what feels like a natural habitat or environment. But God did not call us to be conformative. He called us to be transformative. He called us to push into everything that He has for us. Paul had to address this in the Philippian church when he wrote in the book of Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He said, I press, say I press, I press, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, if there's ever been a time to push, friends, that time is right now. If there's ever been a time for us to step out of conformity and into transformation, if there's ever been a time for us to begin to push in the Spirit, it's right now. The world needs a push. The body of Christ 
needs a push. The church needs a push. I need a push. Look at your neighbor say, it's time to push. Paul didn't say in Philippians, I press or... He, he didn't say, I give up. He didn't say, I conform. He said, I press. He didn't say, I give in. He said, I press. He didn't say, keep going on with what feels good and what feels right. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I press. I press forward toward the mark of the high calling in Jesus. You have a high calling in Jesus. You have a high calling in Jesus. It's a calling that's higher than you could imagine. It's higher than you realize. It's something that you've got to press forward to. It's not going to come easy. That's why the Bible says the race is not to the swift. It's not going to come on someone else's curtails. It's not going to come with ease of access. It's going to come when you make up your mind that I'm going to do some pressing. I'm going to do what it takes. If I've got to leave some stuff back here, I'll leave it back here. If I've got to press, I'll press. If I've got to forget, I'll forget. But no matter what, we've got to keep on our minds and on our hearts that there is a high calling in front of us. Conformity is a trap. The high calling is purpose, it's future. But we've got to decide that I'm going to step into this thing, God, no matter what. See, I'm a firm believer that something can't be done until somebody does it. Something can't be changed until somebody changes it. Something can't be shaken until somebody shakes it. See, a push is a decision. A push is not a natural response. It is something that we have to decide to do in the moment. It's something that we've got to keep our spirit geared up for. We've got to be ready to push. When the world pushes back at the church, we've got to be ready to push back at the world. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. See, each and every day, you've got to make up in your mind that I'm going to push no matter what. I'm going to push no matter what my situation looks like. I'm going to push no matter what it feels like. I'm going to push no matter if it seems like it's not going well. I'm going to push whether or not people are coming with me. I'm going to push regardless because God has given me a promise. God has something in front of me and I'm going after it with everything I have. There's power in a made up mind. There's power when we make up our mind and determine, God, I am coming after you with everything that I have on the inside of me. I love the story of Samson because in the passage of Scripture we're in, Samson is in a particularly weird time, a detrimental time, an unusual time to him. You see, Samson was the judge of Israel for 20 years. He was a man of unbelievable, historical, godlike strength. But here he is, after a series of 20 years of being the judge, the leader of Israel, and he's held captive by what he used to captivate. The one-time captivator has now become 
captive. And if you go back to verse 25, it says that all the lords and the leaders of the Philistines were all gathered together on the roof of the temple. And they called and said, bring us Samson that he may perform for us. Here is this strong man given strength by God. And now he has been conformed into the position of a performer. Here is this strong Samson that men of old would talk about Samson and the historic accolades that he did. And now he's the spectacle of what used to fear him. Now, he's the thing of entertainment for that which used to run and cower at his presence. Been reduced to a performer. It's so powerful that we understand the magnitude of what is going on in this moment in Samson's life because this is the very thing that the enemy does to us. This is the very thing the enemy does when we fall back into sin that we thought we were freed from, but we find ourselves now in a trap. And what we used to have control over now is controlling us again. And where we were once a victor, now we've become a captive victim. Inhibited to performing in front of what we used to control. It's powerful that we understand this principle because it is so easy to fall into performance Christianity. It's so easy to get used to coming to church and going through the norms. Looking like what everybody else looks like. Performing, lifting our hands, saying all the right things, showing up when the doors are open. But there's not that level of freedom that we need. But the thing about it is God did not call us to be performing Christians. He called us to be powerful Christians. There's a difference between performance Christianity, and I'm not judging or belittling or berating anybody. I'm trying to shed light onto where some of us might be or where some of us have been. There's a difference between performance Christianity and powerful Christianity because performance Christianity just looks like the here and now. It looks like everything else around us. It looks like what's going on around us. But powerful Christianity pushes outside of the norms. Powerful Christianity says, I am not content with things remaining the way that they have been. I am not satisfied with coming in and going through the motions and leaving the same way that I came in. Powerful Christianity says, I am tired of being captivated by that which God has called me to captivate. It's a decision. It's a decision we've got to make. The Bible says that Samson came and he performed. He came and he went through the motions. He came and he 
did what he was told. But he had to make a decision that I'm not going to stay here any longer. I'm not going to stay this way. I can't stay this way. There's too much ahead of me. I want to preach to somebody right now. There's too much ahead of you. Come on, I want to preach into somebody. I feel this in my spirit. There is too much ahead of you. God has got a plan for you. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Is there anybody here that I'm talking to that you feel like you've been in a rut? You feel like you've been going through the motions. You feel like you've been going through the same old, same old, and it doesn't seem like anything is changing? I am here to tell you, you are one push away from everything changing. You're one push away from getting out of the conformity. You're one push away from getting out of their performance I've come to tell some people in Jackson, Missouri tonight there is power in your push can you say that? say there's power in my push my 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 the enemy would love nothing more than to stop your push he would love nothing more to derail your push he would love nothing more to get you stuck in performance but here's the magnificent thing about a push a push is a declaration a push is a declaration when I was a kid we never started a fight by throwing a punch you know how we started it And that push was a declaration that it's about to get real. I grew up a preacher's kid. I was holy. But if someone pushed me, they're going to catch these hands. I love the Lord, but I ain't afraid to catch a charge. There was that declaration, that push. And when you make up your mind, to push, you are telling the enemy, hold up, not this time. Not this way. It's not going in like this. God gave me a promise. There's power. It's not going to stop like this. No, 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 doctor. I hear what you're saying. But that's not the report that I'm going to believe. I'm not going to stop addicted. It's not going to end in death. See, you've got to forgive me. I'm pushing on some stuff tonight myself. There's some stuff I'm pushing against. A push is a declaration that this thing's going to change one way or another. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I'm going to let my push tell the enemy a story that it is not going to stop here. You're not going to win by pushing me back or pushing me over. I will push back as much as I have to. I've come to tell you tonight, there is a declaration in your push. And if you will just push back, if you'll just let the devil know it will not end this way. You've got to forgive me. I'm an old Pentecostal boy and I feel this so strong in my spirit because I really believe I'm preaching to somebody tonight that needs to hear. You're one push away from changing that report. 
I'm pushing on a doctor's report right now. I'm pushing on a doctor's report for my baby. It will not end this way. It will not stay this way. I am pushing. I feel a push in my spirit because I am tired of seeing the enemy have his way. I am tired of performance church. I am tired of performance Christianity. I'm ready to see the presence of God break outside of our cultural norms and begin to push back on the afflictions, on the sicknesses, on the cultural diseases, on racism, on sickness, on hatred. I am ready to see God push. Come on, I'm telling you, God is in the push. When you push, he said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. You don't push alone. I pushed a kid one time, and behind him was his big brother. Guess who I didn't push again? When you push back, your father's right there. He's right there. You never push alone. You've got a heavenly posse. You've got a heavenly crew. You're not by yourself. He said, I will go with you even to the very ends of the earth. Come on, somebody say push. Look at your neighbor and say push. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? It's time to push. Because there's too much at stake. There's too much at stake. And this is a different level of push that I'm talking about because performance Christianity says the one with the mic has to do all the pushing. The pastor's got to be the pusher because he's the designated anointed holy man of God. But what I have found out in my years of walking with Christ is I can't push your devil. I can't push your problem. I can't push you into your purpose. What I can do is equip you and give you the tools necessary and preach strength into you and let you know that you have a push on the inside of you given to you by God, a strength that comes from the Father. Samson's strength didn't come from himself. It came from God. The ability to push was innately put in him by his creator. And it's in you. It's in you to push. The most powerful resistance the enemy will ever get in your life will not be from a pastor. It will not be from a podcast. It will be from you. Nobody else could push on the pillars for Samson except for Samson. But notice the proximity of where Samson pushed. The Bible says, that they brought Samson in and they placed him in the direct middle of the temple. And there were about 3,000 people on the roof of the temple alone. See, here's one of the things that just trips me out so much about the enemy. He always makes a completely miscalculated mistake. 
And sometimes we misread it because we feel like the enemy's put us in a bad spot. When in reality, the enemy has set us up for our purpose. And he didn't even know it. And the Bible says that there was something that changed in Samson as he was going through the cultural norms, conformed performance. And he said, God, remember me. Let me say it in modern terms. God, do you see me? God, do you know where I'm at? God, do you remember me? How many times have we wondered, God, do you even care? Do you know what I'm going through? God, don't you see that I can't do this anymore? God, don't you see that this hurts? They plucked out both of Samson's eyes, which is a sign to show you that in the moment when you have no vision left, all you have to do is say, God, remember me. Would you strengthen me, God? One more time. Come on, say that. Say one more time. One more time. And here he is. He's in the middle. You know, the hardest place you will ever push is when you're right in the middle. It didn't say he pushed at the entrance. It didn't say he pushed at the exit. It said he pushed right in the middle of what he was going through. The place where it's the easiest for you to give up is in fact the place where God wants you to push the most. Because there is power in the middle. There's power when you're in the middle of the worst situation that you thought you could ever be in. When you're in that moment of unbelievable captivity and you don't know what's going to happen next. Here he is in the middle and he prays, God, would you strengthen me just one more time? And the Bible says, he started pushing. Go with me in the narrative of this story and imagine what it must have been like to Samson as you put your hands on the marble pillars, cold. And you start to push and it doesn't feel like anything's happening. So you may not always feel it the first time. You may have to put forth some effort. You may have to keep praying. You may have to pray a little harder than you've ever prayed before. But here he goes and he starts pushing. And all of a sudden he starts to feel a shaking. All of a sudden he starts to feel the pillars move. And he couldn't see anything because they took his eyes. And see, even when you can't see God moving, all you got to do is push. Because if you'll push, God will do the rest. In your greatest weakness, his strength is made perfect. Push when you can't see. When you've done all you can to stand, the Bible says, stand. And he started pushing. And the Bible says that when he pushed... The pillars fell and the temple fell and he killed more in his death than he did in his life. He couldn't see. He had conformed. He had been disobedient. 
He had rebelled against the Lord's command. But the Lord remembered him. When he was right slap dab in the middle. I've come to tell somebody, God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten where you are. He sees you, He knows you, and He is right there in the middle of your storm. Don't give up now. Don't give up now. Don't give up now. There's still time. God is still there. Make a declaration that I will push past this. I will not give up. I will not give in. It won't be easy. He was right in the middle of all his enemies. Everybody that didn't believe in him was surrounding him. Wondering, what's this nut doing pushing on these pillars? What's he think he's going to do? That's a little weak Samson. Y'all hear him crying out to God? Why God going to bless him? He messed up. God should bless me. I got my stuff together. Why God going to bless Samson? He's just going to stand there and push all by himself. In the middle of haters. The Bible says, God will make a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He will feed you where others fault you. He'll let you sit and rest where others persecute you. And right there in the middle of all his enemies, he pushed. Listen, pushing will not be easy, but you've got to push. This world right now needs a pushing church. The world we're in needs a church that is ready and able and willing to push. That's ready to push past and push in. Is this good? Am I preaching to anybody right now? Your family needs someone to push. Your job needs someone to push. Your marriage needs someone to push. Your children need someone to push. I need to know, is there anybody here that's going to leave this place tonight with a determination that I am going to push no matter what? Turn to your neighbor and say, just push. There's a push in you. God is in your push. As I was preparing for this, there was a parallel in Scripture that I had never seen before. And I was going to have you turn there for the sake of time because I really feel like God wants to minister to some people here in a minute. We'll just talk about it. But there, there was a, a story in Scripture that the Lord brought me to. And I'll give you the Scripture reference. It's the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And I'd never tied these two Scriptures together and tell this, but it's the story of a young girl named Mary. And the Bible says that the Lord sent his angel to Nazareth to find Mary. Comes to Mary, you found favor with God. She's worried about what kind of message this might be because, I mean, how often have you had an angel show up at your house? Might make you just a hair unnerved. What manner of thing could this be? And the angel begins to tell you, you found favor with God, Mary. And you're going to conceive. And you're going to give birth to a son and his name will be Jesus. And she says, how can this be? Because I don't know a man. Now, she was engaged to Joseph. But Mary was a virgin. She had never been with a man. And here's this angel saying, you're going to conceive. That might throw you off just a hair. I don't know. You, you may be like, oh, yes, God, I receive. But I'm going to have some questions. 
Now, I ain't got no roses. I ain't got no candy. I ain't got no flowers. You ain't going to take me to a movie. What's your last name? Hold up. Hold up. Is Gabriel what they call you on the streets? I've got questions if I'm her. But the angel of the Lord says, here's what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. And you're going to conceive. You're going to give birth to a son. His name will be Jesus, and he's going to be powerful. He will be the most high. And the story ends with Mary saying, I'm the Lord's answer. Be it unto me as you have said. And I begin to read the story, and I begin to think about what the next nine months of Mary's life must have been like. As she's never been with a man, but she begins to see her baby grow inside of her. She begins to see that thing come to fruition that God said. She begins to see that promise being brought forth in her life. And I begin to think of Samson. How here he is, in a moment, he's going to die. But he just says, God, just strengthen me one more time. And his push was from a place of disobedience. But God still showed up. God still strengthened him. And now here is young Mary, pregnant. And her push is because of her obedience. But the same God that showed up for Samson came forth from Mary. You don't have to have it all right for God to help you push. You don't have to have it all together for God to give you the strength to push. You can be coming from a point of failure and the same God will show up right there in your middle. Or you can give God your yes and he'll show up right in your middle. In your spirit. Samson didn't see with his eyes, but he heard, he felt God moving. Mary saw with her eyes and she felt God moving. See, God will move whether you see it or whether you don't. Whether you've been disobedient or whether you've been obedient, God is no respecter of persons. He will show up regardless and give you the strength that you need to push. Man, praise him. If you guys would go ahead and come back. I'm almost done. I didn't want to take a lot of time because I wanted to leave room at the end. Your obedience to God puts you in a position to push. It may take time. But that season of pushing will come. And when it comes, that is the birthing time. You see, for a push to happen, there's got to be conception. The Holy Spirit, Mary, will overshadow you. And you will conceive. And then you'll give birth to a son. The Bible says in the book of Acts that when they were all together in the upper room, a sound came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting. It came on them, cloven tongues of fire, and it came in them. Conception. What is it that God has put on your heart?
that you haven't seen with your eyes. You haven't seen it flesh out yet, but you know it's in your spirit. Samson wanted to be strong again. He wanted just one more time, God, anoint me again. Use me again, God. Mary said, be it unto me, as you have said. Do, God, what you want to do. What is it in your life that God has put on the inside of you? What is it that God has conceived in you which you haven't given birth to that yet? You are one push away from giving birth to what it is that God has put on the inside of you. Friends, listen to me. God will strengthen you for this. The Holy Spirit is here right now. And there's going to be an overshadowing take place. Yes. And I feel like there's some people in this room that you've been on the verge of giving up on what God has told you or what God has shown you. But I'm here to tell you, it's not time to abort it. It's not time to give up. You're one person push away from giving birth. So here, here's what's so amazing about these two scriptures. Samson's push brought death his enemies. Samson's push brought victory over his enemies. Mary's push brought victory. Yes, hallelujah. Samson pushed and everything that was troubling him died. He had victory. When Mary pushed, she gave birth to a son. What is that one thing 
What is that thing in your spirit? Who is that person? Come on, just let it come to you right now, whatever it is. Now here's what we're going to do. I want everybody in this room to just start pushing. Start asking him for it again. Come on, push back against that doctrine. Push back against that sickness. Come on, push back against that depression. Someone needs to push back, back against fear right now. Come on, you're one push away from seeing a significant breakthrough in your life. Come on, just start pushing for that family member again. Come on, start pushing for that dream. Start pushing for that vision. You're one push away. You're one push away.
but promotions come. It's going to happen. It's going to change. It's not going to be that way forever. No matter what God is going to do in you, you've got a pure heart. And man, if God is fixing to touch some things in your life, I see a flower blooming inside of me. Where there was thorns and where there was ashes, where things had been burned and where people had burned. And I literally see rocks and thorns and just a beautiful rose growing up out of me. And the Lord wants me to tell you, you're going to begin to see beauty in the burnt places. There's two or three different things in your past that are just troubling. And you're just going to begin to see beauty come out of those. And there's going to be a level of healing and restoration that takes place in you that's going to be just like this. Babe, if you will go over there and just pray for her. I hope you don't mind. This is my wife. She's just going to come and just pray with you. More God. Over both of you. More God. Would you guys come down here for me? Yeah, two of you. Would y'all come down here? Are you two here together? Mary, wonderful. Wonderful. There's a strength inside of you. You're strong. You're strong. And then he's trying to break that time and time again. But there's a strength inside of you that comes from God. Just like this, holding your hand. He's carried you through so many things, so many different times. But I just feel the Lord is going to touch your heart in such a beautiful way. Because being strong is not easy. People lean on you hard. And there are times when you just get tired. But just as you have been strong, I speak strength in Jesus. God, I pray that you would feel him with a refreshing strength. Refreshing strength of God. <laughs> refreshing strength of God. Come now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to rest in this strength. You're not going to have to labor and be strong anymore. You're going to be able to rest in this strength. supernatural financial blessing over their home. They will not live in any day of war, not that they have. But God, I thank you that you're putting into their home and onto their home the blessing of Abraham. I thank you, God, that you're bringing in the harvest of You guys have given a whole lot. You've never been afraid to give to people who need you. Way, but I just see God giving everything back tenfold, tenfold, in peace, in prayers, in time, in strength. I see it all coming back. I see it all coming back. 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's going to be so natural it will freak you out. Right? It's going to be so natural what God is going to do through you. It's going to absolutely freak you out. I, I, know, I know that you're musical because you play at a free cross connection. You play the piano there. But what God is fixing to do is going to be so new and so fresh. I literally see, this is going to sound weird, just go with me here. Prophetic don't make sense sometimes. I literally see God with a fresh loaf of bread, and it's just steam. And it's just steaming. And people are so hungry for it. There are people in your circumference that are so hungry for what God is going to do through you. And it's going to be so easy to watch them taste and see. It's going to come by conversation. It's going to come by holy confrontation. But at every point, it's going to be easy. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Just let people start picking off of you. Let people start picking off your brain, asking you questions. Saying, why, why do you smile? Why do you cry? It's because he's good. And they're going to see it so naturally and so casually. And I just see as they eat it, they're going to be filled. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> That's amazing, praise the Lord. I know some of what you do with missions. So I'm not prophesying outside of what I know. I want everybody to know what I know. But what I see God doing is on a whole other level. Because there's a level that you've been able to contribute to the kingdom. And it's been wonderful. And it's been life-changing. But there's a whole other level of spiritual transference that's coming on you. You're going to get, begin to deposit the anointing of sanctuary, of safe place, a place where God can dwell. So everything you do overseas, you're going to leave something no one else can see. That's going to be so much different than what you've left before. And when you come back around and hear what God did in the natural part of what you were able to transfer, you're going to begin to hear of a whole other level of spiritual transference. I literally see limbs growing back because of the sanctuary environment that you're going to deposit. I see a, a supernatural healing anointing in these sanctuaries. I can see it just as plain as day. People being carried in on fabric crates or whatever and being laid down and standing up. Because of these sanctuaries. My, my, my. Now, God, fill it with it now. 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 Fill it with it
feel stretch your hands this way, church. Fill her with it now, God. There it is. There it is. Sanctuary anointing in Jesus' name. Yes. 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 Fire of the nations, God. Fire of the nations. A transplanter's anointing. That's what it is. It's a transplanter's anointing. saying something so simple. I just hear God saying more. He wants to give you more. Because he's so beautiful. Because his presence is so good. God wants to reveal himself to you. And I just feel like you're going to start having the most beautiful God moments. That's, it's almost going to be overwhelming. I, I, I like see you in your car singing while you're driving. I don't know if you did. Did you do that? I see it just plain as day. You can lip sync real well. <laughs> but as you sing, you're going to start feeling something that's going to absolutely grip and captivate you to your core. And it's going to be the most beautiful thing ever. It's going to be the presence of the Lord. And I feel like you've seen a lot to and fro from work. Going to work, coming back home. Boy, you're going to have some awesome God moments in that car. Just don't break. And it's too strong. Just pull on over and have Jesus time. <laughs> it's going to be wonderful though because God has positioned you where you are right now to show himself to you in a powerful, powerful way. I can't wait to hear about these moments later. Father, I thank you for my friend and his beautiful heart. I thank you, God, that I've watched him worship tonight. And I've seen him go after you in ways that most people won't. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Bless him. Growing pains. 
You've been seeing things stretch and move, and it's been wonderful. But it's time to push. And not just a time to push and trick, because it's not just a time to start doing this. It's a time to push and give birth. It's like I can see you in the delivery room. And I get to see you pushing on your knees, crying out to the Lord. But I hear the Lord saying, it's coming out. You're giving birth to it now. The season of conception has come. But now you're going to start to see it grow. Now you're going to start to see it walk. As you push, as your leadership pushes, as the church pushes, Oh, what's going to happen as this thing starts growing and taking off and walking and blessing and moving on other people? And what you're going to see God do is going to be fantastic. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak of fresh grace on me. Father, as he prays and travails and goes after everything he's laid on his heart, I speak, God, the grace to push to give birth. And I pray an anointing to walk in the growth. Come on, in Jesus. I pray that God, this would be a season where He gives birth to Him. Not just someone. I pray all of it. Everything that's been conceived, come forth in Jesus' name. church tonight. Yes. Come on, can I give them more a hand?
The angels of God have already been there and waged a war against the enemy. And you're going to be able to see and it's going to be effortless. This is going to be a really fun year for me. This is going to be a really, really fun year for me. And what the things that have been on your heart, your deepest desires that only God knows. The things that you're longing for, asking God, and even from the time you were a little girl, knew that these things were supposed to happen, and knew that God was putting this on your heart. This is the year where what's been in your heart, you see with your eyes. This is the year, Mary, where you give birth. This is the year. This is the year when what's been laid up becomes laid out. This is the year when the seeds that have been sown germinate. This is the year where the things that you felt were locked become open. In Jesus' name. Mm. Stretch your hands this way if you want. There is a powerful touch. My God. I speak a pioneering anointing. For you will carry it, says the Lord. You will carry it like a garment. You will carry it like a mantle. And you will walk in strength and you will walk in power. For I will go before you, says the Spirit of the Lord. For what I have laid in your hands is powerful. And I've given you the hands of a grower who plants seeds in the Spirit. And then I'll come forth and water them, says the Spirit of the Lord. For you will plant a seed and you will lay the garment of my anointing over it. And that seed will germinate and it will be growth that pushes through the soil. And from your spirit, I will bring forth a harvest, says the Spirit of the Lord. For it's time. It's time. The years have winded, and now, says the Spirit of the Lord, it is time. It is time. It is time for a fresh anointing. It is time because the clock has been ticking. You've been wondering. But God says, while you have wondered, I have worked. While I have worked, you have worshipped. And it's time. Oh, 
fresh fire in the name of Jesus. And there will come a point, says the Spirit of the Lord, where the mantle I've placed in your hand, you will place on your daughter. The reason why it is time, because I'm going to let her watch you to teach her how to carry this. Woo! Just as it was with Elijah and Elisha. She will do dumb. For there's a powerful, powerful anointing in her life. God has taken this last year and this last season to position her to watch the two of them flesh this thing out. Not perfect, but diligently. And it is because of that diligence that you will watch her run where you've had to tread. And you've done it with joy. You've done it with your eyes and your heart open. But the faithfulness has broken the fallow ground. And when the anointing gets transferred, you will watch as every seed you have sown and every moment you have labored, you will watch it. And the flame that God had started will instantly. Father, I thank you for the anointing of these two precious people. I thank you for the precious anointing that's on the two of them. I thank you for more. I thank you for. Where, where's is your daughter that was on the base, right? She left? Okay. This is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Would you do me a favor? Would you just all across this room just lift your hands one more time? And just begin to thank the Lord. Thank you. Lord, just in your own way. Just begin to thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we don't come into your presence like this and receive from you and not take the time to give back our thanks and our prayers. We thank you. We thank you. Because you didn't have to do it, God, but you You didn't have to show up, but you did. Thank you, God, that the heavens are open. Thank you, God. That you've touched us, you've spoken to us. Thank you, God, that you've given us the tools that we need to go forward. Thank you, God, that you've blessed us, you've favored us. Thank you, God. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I can't stop without coming over here because there's been something on the two that's been drawing all night long and I don't know what it is. But I feel the beautiful presence of the Lord on you so strongly. It's like I see the Lord just laying himself holding you, just like a blanket. Like a rest. I see a restful presence. A restful touch of God. 
powerful as it can be.